Welcome to Batshit, a frank and funny look at living with mental illness. While we'll deal with many... See, I've already forgotten the fucking intro. <laughs> while, while we'll cover many mental illnesses, this podcast is focused on the spectrum of bipolar disorder. <laughs> sure. Hi, my name's Adam. And I'm your other host, Brad. <laughs> We're both bipolar and I can't remember the intro. <laughs> Uh, so buckle up. Let's see how batshit we really are. <laughs> Spoiler alert: pretty damn batshit. <laughs> that was embarrassing. This episode's topic: depression, part two. Part two. Remember Heart Shots, part two? Yeah, I love that fucking movie, yeah. dude. I loved you in Wall Street. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so Brad, this was your idea, depression part two, uh, which I think is interesting because. Depression part one was my idea because I suffer more from depression than mania. What made you want to do a depression part two? Uh, I just came out of a very long-term, horrible depression. Yeah. And now that I'm out of it, I feel like it would be good to talk about it. Yeah, like go back and not review, but... um, Yeah. Analyze? You want to analyze it? Yeah. Okay. Well, and our first uh, depression episode was... I think it was episode five. Oh, it was an early episode. Yeah, so it's been a long time since we've we've talked, talked about, about it. it. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, let's talk about your most recent depression episode. When did it start? Uh, so October. Oh wow! So that was a long one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd been having little depressive spurts mm-hmm. before then. But I hit a depression in October that I didn't get out of until the beginning of this month. Yikes. Yeah. 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 And this is January for those of you. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so early January is when you started coming out. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? Obviously, pinpointing a cause for a depressive episode is never easy, but. Did you, did you see a certain trigger that occurred that may have really sent you spiraling? I was just overwhelmed. So too much. Like yeah. anything that could go wrong, went wrong. Dude. In life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you I, know. I feel like being overwhelmed is, is a huge uh, trigger for most people when it comes to depression. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, you have the chemical imbalance anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you're already going to go into a depression and then you get overwhelmed in the same way that a normal person, a person who doesn't suffer from clinical depression, yeah. would bring them down. Mm-hmm. you're just in a cycle and you're not going to get out of it. Right, right. Um, when you were talking, you were still meeting with your therapist, I assume, during that time. Right. Um, what did they have to say about it? Um, you know, they didn't really treat it differently than any other depression. Mm. Um, the only thing we did differently was uh, they had me add affirmations to my EFT. Oh, so while you're doing the uh, pressure points, you're adding affirmations. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But the, I don't know. I I didn't stay on top of that. And this might have been the wrong mindset to have. But just because, like, my depression wasn't, wasn't based around me feeling shitty about myself. Right. It was all the situations and I think that I was that, dealing with. I think that's a common misnomer right is people like oh you're depressed because you feel shitty about you yeah and which like, can be which can be but that's almost rarely the case for me uh, yeah. not because i'm all that amazing but because 
like you said, overwhelmed with uh, the pressures that you're under or yeah. the way your life is just rolling at you. Yeah, financial stress, family stress, relationship stress. Like, you right. know, all this stuff hits all at once. Yeah. And uh, it's it's hard to deal with it because there's not just one thing you can focus on. It's like, God, right. everything has gone to shit. Yeah, everything's gone to hell. Yeah. Um, do you know what helped get you out of it? I think it was a few things. Mm -hmm. I think one, getting my medication dialed in. My, okay. my Lamotrigine and Abilify both got upped. And then I had Trazodone added uh, off label to help with my sleep. Okay. Yeah, and, you, were, you were talking about that, how it was making you really groggy. Yeah. So what I started doing was I take all of my medication now. Um, I take it all at bedtime. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Everything. Keep Every, going. Everything I take, I take at bedtime. And I feel like the timing, I mean, it could just be a correlation. No, I don't think it is. I Keep going. Sorry. Well, I, I feel like the timing of it has helped because I feel like taking everything in the morning. I mean, I wasn't taking the Trazodone in the morning, but taking the Lamotrigine and the Abilify, I kind of feel like they helped induce a depressive state. Mm -hmm. for for a big portion of the day mm. and that now I'm sleeping through that interesting because by taking it at night because I so I take my meds in the morning mm -hmm. and uh, I know several people who the opposite has happened like they were taking their medication at night and it fucked up their sleep and made life harder and so they actually switched to the morning now they weren't on trazodone you know what I mean yeah. uh, that, actually they weren't on Ambilify either um but still, I do think the timing of your medication probably has a huge effect. I think so. I, again, it might just be a correlation, mm -hmm. but I felt like that's played a big part. And adding the trazodone, even though that was added off-label, yeah. it's a powerful antidepressant. Um, so I feel like that's probably helped with the depression. Right. Now, when you say off-label, you just mean like a generic? No, no, no. So um, when they prescribe things off-label, it's uh, that they... There's prescribing them for a use that it's not intended for, oh. but that there's a lot of evidence to back up. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So with trazodone, it's very sedating. Mm -hmm. um, and so they don't tend to prescribe it all that much as an antidepressant anymore. That's but, weird. That it's... Because it, it's one of those that zombifies you. Right. So, and, and that helps with depression? Yeah. Huh. It's... Um, That's counterintuitive. It seems to be. Uh, but because it's so sedating... Uh, Again, I was prescribed it to help with sleep. I take it at night, so I feel like I'm sleeping through all the zombified mm. stuff. Um, I think, you know, you'd have a big problem if you were taking it. If that was your main antidepressant and you took it in the morning. Yeah, you'd be or kind you were of taking fucked. it twice a day. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd just be a zombie all day. But again, I'm sleeping through everything. Right. So, so I think that helps. I've gotten myself on a routine now. Good. Where, for the most part, yesterday and today I slept in. Um, but for the most part, I'm going to bed early, getting up early. And I think that's helped, um, getting out of the house more. Yeah. Like just little lifestyle things. What sucks with depression is, and I, I think this is difficult for people who don't suffer from clinical depression to grasp is the depression becomes cyclical. Yes. Yes. Getting some sunlight and going for a walk and getting some exercise and seeing your friends would all help with depression. 
you can't make yourself do those things when you're depressed. Right. And, and everyone's talking about, oh, you got to change your habits. I'm like, changing your habits while you're in a depressive state is fucking impossible. Yeah. Just we've talked before, like walking across a room feels like you're wading through concrete. Yeah. I felt so heavy. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of you who are longtime listeners probably know this, but I'm going to recap. During uh, COVID, I got up to 320 pounds. Mm-hmm. And then what I now realize was in a manic burst, I lost 100 pounds in a year. Right. And I'm very athletic normally. Like I, I love like sprinting and moving. I do amateur strongman. So it's not just lifting heavy. It's like carrying heavy weights for speed. Right. You know? So I feel pretty like quick and agile. Do you like throw those kegs full of sand? Yeah. What? Yeah, That's those, cool. Those are awesome. Those are fun. Um, so, you know, I, I'm pretty quick and agile for a guy my size and usually feel kind of light on my feet. But during this depressed phase... I felt 320 pounds again. Oh, yeah. Like, my kids would want me to play with them, and it was, like, hard for me to get down on the floor and get up. It was hard for me to go outside and, like, move around. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, even just something as simple as playing tag, it's like, I feel like I'm 300 pounds again. Right. Just trying to move. And I think that's something that people who don't suffer from clinical depression don't understand, is it has a physical weight to it. Yes, it definitely does. It physically weighs you down. Right. And you're, again, you're trying to... And 90%, 90% of the things that help with depression, depressive states or depression in general require physical movement. Yeah. Like, like they require some yeah. form of physical movement. Like go for a walk and yeah. get some sunlight. Right, exactly. Like, uh, like, uh, yeah, I'm not doing that. Go to yeah. fucking hell, man. Yeah. Um, it's actually been a while since I've had a depressive state. Um, I'm trying to think of the last one, but we all know my memory sucks. Um, it was definitely earlier this year. But it has been a while, which has been nice because fucking depression, dude. It's it's such a kick in the teeth. It's like especially because it often comes when you're overwhelmed, and when you're overwhelmed, that usually means you got a bunch of shit you got to do, and you can't. Yeah, and I get a lot of mixed feature stuff. Mm -hmm. I'd have depression and anxiety at the same time, right? Or like some symptoms of mania. Uh, at the same time as depression. That's really weird. Like for those of you who don't suffer from bipolar, you can get these mixed feature states where you're experiencing two polar opposite things yep. at the exact same time. Yeah. I, I'll oftentimes have these bursts when I'm depressed of like quasi mania where I'm just like, yeah. I gotta get all this done. And then it lasts like 20 minutes, maybe an hour. And then I fucking crash and yeah. go right back to it. I write like I'm 17 years old. I will write tons of poetry while I'm depressed. Oh, really? But it's, I get like a manic creative burst. Right. But it's a manic creative burst where I want to channel all these depressed, angsty thoughts. Right, right. You want to write songs that no one will sing because they're too sad. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Man, I, uh, I'm sorry for all those who suffer from depression um, because it makes existing extremely difficult. And I, I understand people who have, suicidal thoughts when they're depressed because living living seems impossible yeah like just yeah because you and, and that's the thing it's not that you want to die no 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 it's it's that living seems impossible right and, it, and there's a big difference there yeah a big difference between not w- wanting to die and feeling like life is too hard to live through yeah you'd said something once that stuck with me and it's that you're tired of fighting this thing and you're tired of being tired yeah, I'm tired of being tired. Yeah. I say that all the time. I'm just tired of being fucking tired. Yeah. And 
Yep. It's not that you want to die. It's just that you want to throw in the towel. Yeah. I just need a break. I need a break. Give me a break. And yeah. and taking a break feels impossible because you're overwhelmed, which means you got too much on your plate to take a break. Yeah. Uh, I haven't worked since December tw- uh, 17th, something like that. This is January when we're recording this. And it hasn't been that long, but it feels like a fucking year and a half for me. Yeah. Because... I'm I'm just accustomed to going at 100 miles an hour. And everyone I talk to is like, you need to take this time and take a break. But that's super fucking hard for me. It's super hard because I'm overwhelmed. Even now with all my lists and all my, you know, I'm not in a depressive state. So I can sit there and I go, okay, today we're going to do this. And I can get it done, right? I'll get that thing done, whatever it was. And I'll be like, I feel like I accomplished something. But still, there's all those millions of other things looming in the background. And they're not going away. And they feel impossible to tackle. Even now. Even now, they feel impossible to tackle. And they're not. Yeah. Mow the fucking lawn. Not hard to do. I have a very small lawn because I live in Los Angeles. It takes me maybe 20 to 30 minutes. But that bitch feels like I'm fucking mowing a uh, a football field. Yeah. Hey, friends. Brad and I started Batshit because we needed someone to talk to about our bipolar. So when looking for a sponsor, BetterHelp was the obvious choice. BetterHelp provides access to therapists via text, via Zoom, via email, via phone call, 24 hours, seven days a week. I don't need to tell anyone how broken the American healthcare system is, especially when it comes to mental illness. But the beautiful thing about BetterHelp is that they'll work with you. Go to www.betterhelp.com backslash batshit. You'll get 10% off for the first month and you'll get someone to talk to right now. If you need to talk to someone, do it. Please. We love you. Please like, subscribe, and share it on social media. If you have someone you think may need to hear it, we encourage you to share it with them and to start your own conversation about mental health. (laughs) Coping mechanisms are what help me personally. But you can't develop new coping mechanisms when you're not healthy ones, at least when you're depressed. No, it's it's impossible. It's impossible. I, um, I, uh, so recently, uh, our buddy Jared, my dad, myself, um, Jared's gotten really big into investing. Like, he, like, he wants to learn about the stock market. Not that we're actors, we don't have a shit ton of money to invest, but he wants to learn about it. Right. And my dad, who's retired, wants to learn about it too. So we've been having these investment meetings so to speak like once a month and we like jared jared will talk about like i'm investing in this or i'm investing in that and my dad's like oh you know i did research on this i think i'm gonna invest in this and that and i'm sitting there in these meetings going this sounds like so much too much too much because i don't know shit about investing i have i have a roth ira from a job i had once you know what i mean that's all i got and what I want to do, which is probably not the right thing to do, is just throw all my money at someone who will do all that shit for me. Mm-hmm. And just so I don't feel as overwhelmed with trying to learn ostensibly a new skill. That, yeah. th- that doesn't interest me, honestly. I don't care about money. I never have. Um, but yeah, there's too much. I just feel like life... Oftentimes, there's too much of it, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Especially when you deal with this shit. It's hard to stay on top of everything. Right. 
You go into a depressive episode and you let bills slide. You let, you know, these things that you should be taking care of slide because you just can't do them. And you often rely on a manic state to, uh, to compensate for that. Yeah. Like you'll, like you've talked about how like you'll write hundreds of pages, right? When you're in a manic state, but when you're in a depressed state, you're not writing like that. You're writing poetry or whatever, but you're not working on the projects you need to work on. Right. But now we've got medication that tamps down our mania. So we don't have those bursts to get all that shit done. Yeah. I, yeah. Now, you've been in depressive states before. We talked about how, for instance, medication that we're on tamps down the top end of the spectrum, the mania. Um, did you feel like you didn't dip as low because of your medication? No, I got, I got pretty low. Because this was, you know, for those of you who've listened to the episode, the one where Brad considers suicide. Right. Um, you know, this that was the first time I had suicidal thoughts. Um, and that's and was it around that time they upped your meds? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of it, I don't know. You know, a lot of this is messing with brain chemistry. And you have to adjust and like this, that, and the other. And that takes like two weeks for the meds at to... At least. At least two weeks for the meds to actually start kicking in. And then you may have to adjust to the kicking right. in. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So or adjust another the, few weeks. The dosage. Like, yeah. I mean, that's the other fucked up thing, right? It's like the first time I got on meds, my doctor was like, okay, so we're going to try this. And two weeks later, I felt a little different but in not a good way. So she was like, okay, well then we're going to try this instead. And then it's another two weeks for that first medication to kind of subside and new medication to pick up. And it's just like, that, that's a month of trying to deal with the problem and the results you're, of your trying to working on the problem are negative. Right. right? Or non-existent. Right. Fuck, dude. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're it's, in... it's so difficult to get the right medication because of all that. Hell, just getting medication, but that's yeah. its own thing. And, you know, I understand why so many people who are diagnosed with things go off their medication. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. if you don't, if you're going through all these these adjustment periods, getting your medication changed, maybe you feel worse for a little bit while you're waiting for things to get better, or you're experiencing the side effects, but you're not noticing you know, a big change in your actual state. I understand why people would just throw in the towel. Yeah. And then also just taking medication while you're in a depressed state is difficult. Yeah. Because nothing, it all, it's all too much. It's all too much. Yeah. I had once when I didn't brush my teeth for like three months. Yeah. Like three or four months because that just felt like way too much. Hygiene is one of the big things that goes with depression. Yeah. It just goes right out the window. And you're sitting there and like, I have an electric toothbrush. It's not even fucking work for me. I hit a button, put the thing in my mouth, and I'm brushing my teeth. Like, I yeah. don't even have to go back and forth that much. Yeah. And it's just too much. It's too fucking much. Uh, by the way, electric toothbrushes are great. Okay, they're getting to the point where they're affordable. So yeah. I'm going to get an electric toothbrush. <laughs> I only have one because my mom's a dental hygienist. Uh, or was. Um, yeah, I... I don't envy anyone out there who's going through a depressive state. I hope the laughter that uh, we try and provide on this podcast helps. Because laughter is a big boon, you know? Yeah, laughing, I think, produces dopamine or yeah. serotonin or One something. One of those things. Yeah. One of those feel-good things. <laughs> right. Because I think that's the other part about depression. I don't want to be in a depressed state. Yeah. Like, I feel like 
maybe there are people out there who like to wallow in their own crapulence. I, I don't. I don't. Well, you know, I think the thing is, is like there's a level where, where I could understand, you know, I'm, I'm going to say slightly depressed, mm-hmm. not clinically depressed, mm-hmm. um, where I could understand like wanting to kind of revel in like your bad angsty feelings and kind of like roll around in this and maybe, you know, watch things that make you sad. Maybe. You know, I mean, etc. cetera. I... But the actual clinical depression, mm-hmm. like when you feel like nothing's ever going to change, that everything is horrible and it's always going to be horrible and you're powerless to stop it. Yeah. You're worthless. You have nothing to offer the world. And maybe it'd be better off if you just exited the world. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine anybody wanting to hang out in that. No, no, I don't get that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, to, to just play devil's advocate here, what you were saying earlier about kind of, like, reveling in a minor form of depression, non-clinical, I mean, I understand people who want to do things that end up um, uh, uh, feeding their depression. Like, for instance, laying in bed all day is a great example. Like, right. wanting to do that, I get. But wanting to feel depressed that i don't understand yeah do you know what i mean like the difference there it's like that idea of uh, writing poetry right like you write poetry when you're depressed instead of writing you know your scripts or your books right and that makes you not feel better but you want to do that but that doesn't necessarily mean you want to be in a place where that feels good you know what i mean yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel good it feels cathartic sure cathartic good's the wrong word yeah like, like for instance, you think about, I this is like a token, whatever. But like emo, emo people from like high school, like when you're going through like a really dark period, and you want to sit there and you want to listen to fucking dark music and maybe write some dark poetry and like wear all black and right. Um, which I think a lot of people have gone through that stage in their life, and maybe you're still in that stage and you look great in black. Good for you. Um, but doing those things, wanting to do that, I get it. I get all that. I don't understand people that want to feel that way, that they need to do those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it's a, a level of catharsis. I don't think it's actual depression. Mm. I think at that point, I think it's that they're feeling these emotions and they kind of do these things because it, it feels like an outlet sure. to, to dealing with these emotions. But yeah, I can't imagine anyone wanting to be clinically depressed. Yeah. Like that's a whole other level. Yeah. If and we've talked before, like this all gets tricky because we, we use clinical terms as bylines for other things. Right, right. If somebody's sad or somebody's in a dark mood, we'll say they're depressed. Yes. But that's different from depression. Yeah. Uh, your people, when people are like moving really quickly or like feeling very energized, people will say they're manic. I'm yeah. like, no, no, that's not what that is. Yeah. Uh, my wife uses that with me all the time when I'm actually energized, moving around a lot, going fast, because uh, she doesn't see me like that a lot uh, <laughs> because I'm depressed. Yeah. She's like, you're, you're being manic. And I'm like, baby, I'm not. I understand why you think that, but that's not the correct word for where I'm currently at mentally. Yeah. Which is uh, frustrating. And I'm sure a lot of people out there who are listening, you get frustrated when people will say things like, Oh, this my friend's depressed, or my friend is uh, going um, being manic as fuck right now, and I'm like, oh, bro, you don't, you know, um, if you're depressed and you're able to take a pill 
that makes you feel not depressed, uh, your depression is not clinical and it's not that bad, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Uh, I've had friends who have not been feeling great about themselves or their life. They're able to pop a Prozac and they feel fine. Feel good even. Yeah. But that's never been my result. That's never been my experience with medication. Yeah, like, medication just kind of takes the worst of it off. Takes the worst of it off. Gets you back to zero. Yeah. Right? If you, if you get it really right in terms of your meds, it gets you back to zero. It doesn't make you feel good. Yeah, I was going to say, I still feel like mild depression. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm able to do all the things I need to do in a day now. Right. For the most part. But I still have the anhedonia. Yeah, totally. When I have free time, there's nothing that sounds good to do with it. Totally. Uh, it's. I often wonder if that's why I fill my days with things that I, quote unquote, need to do. You know what I mean? Because if I'm sitting there and, um, uh, like for instance, right now, like I said, not working. Um I remember when I was like, oh, I'm not going to work for the month of January. I should start playing all these video games I wanted to play, but I haven't had time to play. Yeah. I haven't done that at all. There are some uh, cathartic games I play, like uh, Slay the Spire is a great example of like a deck building game that I like to play on my Switch. But that's it. Yeah. That's it. Um, So that's why I wonder if I fill my days with things that I need to do. For instance, today, after we finish recording... I'm going to edit all the episodes, um, get them posted, and then I've also got to do some social media polls for us and social media polls for uh, a different show I do, the Dungeon Run, which is a D&D show. Um, and in reality, it's fucking Sunday. Just why don't you fucking relax? Yeah. And that's really hard for me, man. I don't know. Like, you know, you know how I relax right now? Rewatching The Wire. <laughs> which great fucking show um but part of it's because the writing in that show is so good i get angry at it yeah and i'm like i gotta fucking write like this this is fucking amazing so i'm like hate watching the wire to learn how to get better at writing <laughs> like that's my relaxing yeah. time and the whole time i'm like you fucking how did you fucking come up with all those fucking fucking mother yeah uh there's actually a great scene in the first season where uh uh, the um, McNulty and his partner, um, I can't remember his name right now, but anyway, they're looking at a crime scene, and their only lines in the whole scene is fuck. Ah, oh, fuck. 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 And it's it's hilarious. It's great, and they <laughs> <laughs> get all the point across in every line, but anyway, I digress. Watch The Wire if you haven't seen The Wire. It's on HBO Max. I get what you're saying, though, about filling your day with things you need to do, because yesterday, yesterday was Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I had nothing to do, and I was trying to think of what sounded good to do. Right. And nothing sounded good, so I was like, I'm going to just do a big grocery trip. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let me make a grocery list. I'll go to the grocery store, get enough groceries for the week, because that's something I can do. It's not necessarily something I want to do. And you need to do it. But I need to do something. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, there was no TV show sounded good to watch, no video game sounded good to play, et yeah. cetera, et cetera, that we've, we've talked about before. Um, Could have gone to the gym. That didn't sound good. No. Nope. Um, yeah. yeah, that's, uh, I, laundry's my go-to. Whenever I'm like, I'm like, I'm sitting around, there's nothing I want to do, I do laundry. Yeah. Because there's always a shit ton of laundry in my house for some reason, because this, I don't know why, because there's only two of us and two dogs, but yeah, I don't know. I'm dirty, I guess. Me and my wife are dirty people. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, loading the dishwasher or doing laundry, like that. That's like an yeah, easy I'm thing so for me. good about the dishes. 
Yeah. Since I got depressed. Right? Isn't it's that like, weird? Yeah. And so, like, my kitchen's fucking clean when I'm depressed. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. And uh, cooking. Yeah? Does that yeah. kind of make you feel... I'll, like, listen to something. I've, I've gotten into revisiting all of, like, John Oliver's old stuff. Oh, like his uh, stand-up or no, his last, last week, week tonight? tonight? Sure. I'll just find something where, like, he's railing against law and order <laughs> for 30 minutes. Yeah. And, like, put that on and, um, you know do whatever I need to do in the kitchen. That's something though that becomes a catch 22 for me is when I'm depressed, I need the noise. Mm -hmm. I need to be listening to something. Okay. Um, as a distraction, like I I don't want the quiet. I don't want to just like be in my own thoughts, but nothing sounds good. Sure. Ooh, let me ask you you a question. Music. Do you listen to music when you're depressed? No, neither do I. Neither yeah. do I. I don't want to. When I'm sad. Sad, yes. Not depressed, I'll, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when yeah, I'm yeah. sad, I might be like, oh, let me listen Let me listen to some breakup songs. Yeah, sure. You know? But like, but the, when I'm depressed, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear music at all. Which is funny, right? Because yeah. I remember growing up, I was that kid who would like sing Christmas. <laughs> I have this, some motherfucker wrote this in my yearbook in high school that said, uh, Keep singing Christmas carols in the hallway, even though it's fucking June. Because, <laughs> uh, like, I was that guy. I'm like, I love music. I still love music. You know, I'll talk to you for hours about everything from, like, doo-wop to 80s hair metal to, like, early 90s rap. Like, I, I love it. Don't want to listen to it. No interest in listening to music. And I have a buddy who uh, used to be a DJ, and every once in a while he'll be like, dude, check out this new artist or check out this new thing. And Or Mandy will be listening to, like, the latest... Um, pop whatever you know taylor swift's new album or you know dua lipa just released something or whatever and no interest in it no interest in listening not that i can't appreciate it i can appreciate it don't want to listen to it yeah you know what's interesting i read a thing the other day that um listening to music that you know the lyrics to Mm -hmm. whether you sing along to it or not your brain fires in a way to where it's having to recall the memories of those lyrics. And that blocks you from thinking of like depressive and anxious thoughts. Really? Yeah. Huh? I mean, it makes sense, right? Like I'm, I'm re-listening to some books I've read. Uh, Mark Lawrence, a uh, great fantasy writer. Um, I've never listened to them though. I've only read them. Yeah. So I, I've actually felt like it's, it's nice and it kind of helps because I'm trying to remember what's happening next in the book. Like, I'm trying to, much like you're trying to remember song lyrics, I'm trying to remember the various plot points in this book. And it's 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 actually kind of helped um, kind of distract me from my depression sometimes. Um, it's also something fun to do in the car. Yeah. Because you can't read a book while you drive. That's true. Not yet. Not yet. We don't have the technology yet. We will, though. Uh, why not? Um, I'm sorry if anyone out there is feeling depressed. I'm sorry if you're going through this shit. It sucks. Uh, and it's not fair to you, just like it's not fair to us. But um, we love you. Keep fighting. Uh, write in or uh, call us with any of your coping mechanisms. I'd love to hear them. Yeah, any uh, tips you have for fighting your depression, Yeah, for Look, getting out of it, yeah, if, if um, you manage to pull yourself out of the state. Yeah, or tell us what the longest depressive state you've ever had. I'm curious. We yeah. Tell us. Let us know. You're all the best. Keep fighting. <laughs>